people at home. Don't you dare be sour. <laughs> Clap for your world famous, or wait, maybe Chicago famous. Chicago famous. And feel the power. It's a hot take. Yes, it is. It's a hot take, baby. Boom. Look, <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole there at the end. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Old Man Logan, a.k.a. Logan the Machine. Welcome to a new episode of the Hot Take Wrestling Podcast. Here with my tag team partner tonight because it's just me and him. We holding it down. Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Joe Freeline, isn't here. And Will is out somewhere in the wilderness celebrating his anniversary with his lady friends. So we are, yeah, a tandem tonight. I'm knowing him, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing him, yes. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so welcome to a new episode. This one is titled That Money, Money, Yeah, Yeah. Rest in peace, Shad Absolutely. Gasper. Absolutely. Just tragic situation. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about it other than the fact that the, the guy went out as a hero at least um, way too soon, obviously. 39 years old. Uh, second time this year. An athlete, you know, was just about to hit well, near the age of 40, should I say, you know, Kobe Bryant, another tragedy. Um, yeah, man. And he was so well-liked, too, in terms of the people backstage. And it just shows you you don't have to be a top-tier star to leave a lasting impact in terms of positivity. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I have to be honest here, and I hope this isn't in poor taste, but I was not a huge fan Oh no, I hated the gimmick, absolutely. Um, it was right up there to me in terms of gimmicks I hated with the Mexicals when they had the Mexican wrestlers coming out there on lawnmowers. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. like, it's bringing a, ner- a negative or a notorious stereotype onto that, that race. It, it's like when they said New Day potentially being preachers, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be too mad at that if they do it right. That's when I first heard that. Like, I wasn't going to be happy about it completely if they really, you know, drop the ball with it but at least from the most part you know outside of people who think of some black churches as religious nuts you're not going to hear too many people say notorious things about that you know what I mean like nobody wants to be viewed as yeah crime time I mean, it, it kind of just speaks for itself <laughs> yeah man I, I now it's nothing to take away from Shad or JTG because both of these guys had chemistry in the ring, and they were very, very, very charismatic yeah. uh, in, in reference to their, you know, in-ring ability and uh, on-mic ability. Uh, you know, outside of that, though, oh, man, it's, it's like you said, he, the guy died a hero. There's no more honorable way to pass than by sacrificing yourself to save your child. And, you know, for that, Shad will always, in my book and forever, in everybody's book, anybody that knows about this tragedy will be a hero because it doesn't get any realer than oh, that. No, no, not at all. Somebody said it best. I forgot who said it. So they were like, all superheroes don't wear capes. Some of them wear Tams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. 
Um, before we move on, though, man, uh, what was one of your favorite? I mean, they didn't have a lot of feuds, but what's one of your like favorite feuds, maybe, and matches that Crime Time was in and outside of WWE because uh, Shad and JTG actually wrestled, uh, you know, in the Indies for a little while as well. Uh, one of my favorite moments, I'll say, was when they formed that shortly lived CTC with Cena, uh, and they destroyed JBL mm. Momo. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't have a lot of, you know, in terms of time, because that was during a time, too, where the tag division wasn't getting a lot of attention. So a lot of the times, unless it was like top tier guys, you know, they were they were giving that to Legacy because, you know, they were or- under Orton's wing. And, you know, they were giving it to DX and yeah. Jericho and guys like that. When the top tier guys were feuding with the younger guys, they were giving them more time to work and stuff. So it's like, I don't, I can't remember remember like you know a big standout feud i think their most recognized feud was against ted dibiase jr and cody rose if i'm not mistaken okay because i was trying to remember i couldn't remember if it was legacy yeah. or if it was with uh uh what was it was it wade and murdoch oh, yeah, yeah. lance cade and trevor murdoch lance cade i think is no longer with us either yeah unfortunately yeah he passed a while ago too yeah but uh, I wanted to say I think I think that's probably one of the most memorable maybe feuds if the, I can't remember if it was right. a feud or a match, but I I I think that like you said at that time, uh, tag team wrestling really took a backseat to like everything with the unless you were like you said Legacy or uh, DX at the time you know DX had that uh, reunion. Um, and they rebuilt the uh, tag division, I guess, yeah, to a degree. Because they're in the main division <clears throat> TLC with the tag titles, I think, against Jericho and Big Show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, just wanted to uh, give our condolences here from all of the folks from the HTWP podcast, man. Just wanted to show our love, support, uh, admiration for Shad, and uh, just give his, you know, our blessings to his family and his son, man. A uh, little known fact, I don't know if you know about this, KG, but I found this out uh, a few years ago. Um, re- uh, game f- uh, fans, Shaq actually did the motion capture and they designed the Kratos character for the latest God of War game that came out. I think it was like maybe two years ago, maybe a year, if not a year, two years okay. ago, like a year ago. And, and he did all of that. And what's funny to me and it's kind of eerie at the same time, is the storyline of that game had Kratos with his son. And his son was, like, with him the whole game. So you, like, had to protect the son and, you know, make sure he was out of danger. You know what I'm saying? So immediately, just being a gamer and just an avid wrestling fan, I just said, wow, the fact that... Now, I didn't finish the game, so I need to go back and finish it to know if the ending is even similar to what happened in real life. But I just saw the, the eerie resemblance of that and just was like, wow, like art truly does imitate like yeah, life that's, at that's times. Eerie for sure. Cause uh, I think JTG even penned a tweet where he was talking to Shad, I think right around the time that Kobe passed, I'm not mistaken. He was just saying, you know, if ever, anything ever happens to me, you know, just know you like my brother, I love you type thing. Um, and also, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but Chad actually stopped an armed robbery in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot where it happened, but he basically held the suspect down to the authorities arrive. 
So yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard. And he he was popping up in a couple of movies. Uh, I think me and you were talking about it. There was even a, a rumored uh, return of Crime Time to WWE. Uh, you know, for the near future, yeah. I suppose. Um, but uh, he, you know, he was in movies. I think I randomly seen him like shortly after WWE released him in like Step Brothers or or yeah. some Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> it was just like, oh shit, right. that's yeah from you know uh, Crime Time. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's also a but, uh, bodyguard at some point for Diddy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think really? this is before he got signed to WWE. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was going to say this must be early, early on. Okay. So, yeah. Um, well-liked guy, like you said, man. Uh, he got praise from everybody. The Rock, uh, you know, just all of the who's who of wrestling basically took time out of their day to express their sentiments, their love, their admiration for the guy. And, um, yeah, man, just seemed like he, you know, you couldn't find yeah, a nicer person. And it was even surprising because you don't know who knows who in wrestling circles. But even some guys who presented, you know, as these just killers on TV, they even took, I didn't even know Lance Archer and Killer, or Karrion Cross. sorry. I know he was Killer Cross and Impact. I didn't know they knew him that well. So, that was just, yeah. And they may have crossed paths yeah. uh, on the Well, well Lance Archer, oh, yeah. you know what? He was actually signed at WWE at one point, so they might have actually known each other from then, too. I know Chris Masters said he's known him since 15-plus years. So, And uh, Matt Morgan, basically, I think he's known him for a couple decades, he said. So they both came fathers around the same time. Yeah. That's true, because Matt Morgan used to be uh, uh, signed yeah. at WWE as well uh, back in the day. So, Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Once again, man, just want to say rest in peace. Shad Gaspar, you know, well wishes, love, respect on your on your transition and on your journey, my friend. All right, man, KG. So from that, ready to get into this week of wrestling and uh, end this thing on out with uh, double or nothing All right, uh, ready to predictions. Go, <laughs> All, All right, right. Let's so do this. We're going to do some highlights of Monday Night Raw. Uh, for me, at least, I'm going to start off with, I think, one thing that kind of threw me for a loop was uh, Austin Theory being kicked out of the stable with Selena Vega, Andrade, and Angel Garza. And then all of a sudden, this next segment, during the Buddy Murphy versus Aleister Black match, Seth Rollins sees him just laid out on the floor and guides him to attack Aleister Black from behind. All of a sudden, now he has a new disciple. Um, I cracked a joke earlier between our our <laughs> chat and I said, "Does Vince just want the stables to be segregated now or something?" No, we're not. Don't take me seriously, folks. That's why I'm laughing. I'm saying it. Um, but I I, I kind of saw something coming where Seth was going to add somebody else to that stable once they took off AOP from TV for whatever reason. I I was thinking to myself like, okay, one's injured, but that doesn't mean you have to take the other guy off. Like we don't have to, you know, do one without the other. But so um. That was, that was a highlight for me. I know there's a big highlight for you, so I don't want to steal your thunder. You know. Um. Well, no, it's not stealing thunder. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to remember if I read something or maybe if we talked about it where they were saying uh, Austin may get kicked out of the group. And I didn't attribute it. I, I, I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, just because I think they wanted to focus on Angel and Andrade in a tag mm-hmm. team capacity. With uh, so I, I, but I definitely didn't think. Oh, okay, it was gonna lead into 
him joining up with uh, Seth and Buddy, uh, which was eerily kind of similar to how, you know, it worked out with Buddy. Right. They had him sitting there after his match, and then Seth just came over there and then picked him up, and then, you know, from there, he was right. one of his apostles. <laughs> but uh, what what do you think of that pairing, like, uh, 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 with him joining forces now with uh, Seth well, and Buddy? Like I said, it was it just – I was expecting – somebody to join the stable. I, I didn't know if it was, there was going to be Austin Theory, obviously, uh, just because he was already in a stable. So that's one of those rare things you see. Like, you mm-hmm. see things where people go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Like, um, for example, I think in terms of weird things you see on t- uh, on a program, I think it was like Elimination J one year. I'm um, going, going off topic. This will be real quick. Just how Edge drops the WWE Championship. And then later that night, I think he won the world championship in the next chamber match. <laughs> so it's like, right, so it's just one of those match. head scratching <laughs> moments to answer your question. Um, I think he could fit with them though, mm-hmm. just because he brings some athleticism. Uh, you know, another young guy who's basically going to be under Seth's wing, so it kind of gives him that feel being the architect again, quote unquote. Even though they're calling him a messiah, um, mm-hmm. I think that was the right move as far as the people that run on the roster. Like, unless they're going to do a call-up for somebody else from NXT or NXT UK. And that was that's not really possible right now because of the travel ban. Um, so I, I'm fine with the move because uh, then now you got another potential tag team with uh, Murphy and Austin Theory. So that, that adds yeah. depth from the tag team division, especially because right now the two top teams – are both baby faces. Now, I you know, I don't know if the right, three right. profits are going to turn or uh, Viking Raiders are going to turn. Because if, if the profits do turn, and you were mentioning about a stable with MVP guiding, I would actually have picked them instead of Ricochet. Because that's another baby face tag. You got Ricochet and, uh, and Cesar Alexander, who are going to be super over when the crowds are able to right. come back. So, um, yeah, I, I like the move, like I said, in terms of who's on the roster. Because there's there was kind of slim pickings right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like the move. Um, stylistically, they pair up nicely. Uh, I do believe, like you said, it's their way of rebuilding the uh, tag division, adding a little more depth to it on Raw. Because I, I had to think about it. I think we mentioned it maybe in our last episode, if not that one, the one before that, about just how the tag division on Raw is really, really thin, especially with the injury to one of the guys from AOP. So now they're not on TV anymore. So it, it just was like, okay, you, you got tag team champions on this right. show for what? <laughs> exactly. Um, but like you said, you got Valkyrie Raiders, you got Street Profits. Rico said, you know, now, uh, I guess we're going with Angel and Andrade and this new team of Austin Theory and uh, Buddy, possibly. Um, so even though these are teams made up of singles competitors, these guys, you know, they got hella chemistry together. Like Rico and said, I probably like them more mm-hmm. than I like Street Profits. They don't have the charisma right. of the Street Profits, maybe, but their chemistry, ah, they, they, they got hella chemistry together, so. I don't even know. I, I guess you would have to get an edge if you were going to book them, you know, or, you know, if you're just going off of chemistry and experience as a tag team to maybe a Viking Raiders or a Street Profits when you're talking about Rico and Sid uh, against those type of teams. But 
uh, it definitely now brings the division back to like, okay, this is going to be entertaining. We just don't have champions just to have champions. Like the Street Profits, if they get to booking the tag division like it's important, it's going to be very, very entertaining. There, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to do a segue. Yeah, I know there's another thing that you're really excited about too, though, Monday Night Raw. That's your boy, Bobby Lashley, finally getting that push. Man, long overdue. It's I, I'm excited for it from a standpoint that, like I said, you got to present some type of believable threats to Drew McIntyre. You got a six foot five, two hundred sixty five pound baby face world champion. So you guys, you got to present some guys who are believable to take them down, whether they actually do it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I don't like is the timing of it because I, I don't feel like Drew is going to lose the title anytime soon. I think he's going to get a nice lengthy run with it. You know, A, because he deserves it. The guy looks like a champion. He performs like a champion. And he's a super likable guy. Like, this Drew versus the Drew when he first came, like, I didn't really see what everybody saw initially when he was the chosen one. You know, but everybody loved him back then. And I just was sitting there like, he's all right, but (laughs) I'm not getting what everybody was getting then. But mm -hmm. now, fast forward. Yeah, because during that time period, I was looking at uh, Cody or Dolph Ziggler to be that next young guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, while I don't like the timing of it, I do feel like it is the right move to make where, okay, let's just say Bobby doesn't win this feud. He still can, you know, he still can be booked. This feud can be booked for him to be a prominent threat regardless to uh, um, 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 Drew's, um, you know, title, title reign. And uh, the pairing of him and um, MVP is also a throwback to uh, their impact days, the the beatdown clan. It was him, MVP, and uh, I believe okay. the other guy's name was Kenny okay. King. <laughs> no pun intended. But uh, yeah, so that was that was a a stable they had the three of them in uh, impact. I used to call it like the Black Evolution because that's what it was to me. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I like that they're finally pushing Bobby in a capacity that they, that he's a threat, that he's not just some pushover that's just there. Like because of yesteryear, this is how we should be seeing Bobby. Um, I I don't know if this ends up down the line with Bobby meeting Brock finally, but uh, man, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely glad that yeah, this is definitely finally here. Because, like I said, beyond the believability in terms of challengers for Drew McIntyre, uh, Bobby Lashley just looks the part, as does Drew McIntyre. You have two guys that look the part, and they can both go in the ring type thing. And then you have that aspect of not that, once again, not that Bobby Lashley needs someone to talk for him, but you're going to utilize an MVP in a higher capacity because, honestly, he was underutilizing the talent, one could argue, when he was still a regular in-ring competitor about over 10 years ago. So it's nice to see him play that heel role and get some guys over potentially, like I said, um, 
match would be pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, there's uh, some of these matches are going to happen where it's like they should have a crowd because I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch Money in the Bank yet, but I heard that match with Seth and, and Drew was pretty good. So it is really a shame when you have these matches and, you know, no, there's no one there to react to them type thing. Yeah, that, that's like the only drawback to it. Like, though I'm happy that they're able to, uh, you know, continue wrestling, like when everything else was down, wrestling was like the only thing going on, mm-hmm. which is why in theory, one would have thought, okay, ratings are going to increase. But for whatever reason, I guess the fans not being there, you know, played a part in um, people not being as interested. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you're actually there experiencing it, you know, hearing the roar of the crowd, you know, you cheering, you booing yourself, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on in the, uh, in the ring, you know. So I guess as, as a, a fan watching it too, like you're watching it for that as well and not getting that, you know, I guess it turns some people off, but, um, you know. Outside of that, I'm 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 still happy that we're we, you know we're able to get wrestling you know despite that. But it's it definitely is sucks like when you're having like good moments, good matches, and you know the wrestlers they they live for that. Like you know it's I'm pretty sure it's like a muscle memory thing where you know their their whole gimmicks are structured around you know saying something to try to get a reaction to some, out of somebody. You know, not necessarily the person across from you, but mm-hmm. the fans. So Absolutely. now that you remove that equation, I I often wonder, does that work maybe a little better for the wrestlers? Or is it something where it's 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 kind of weird for them? Well, that's actually a great point. Uh it depends on how much experience I feel like they have. So like I said, some of those wrestlers, um, they have that I feel goosebumps or rather they feel goosebumps, should I say when they go out through the curtains, wherever they go out, mm-hmm. um, whether it be in front of 80,000 at WrestleMania or whether it be 15,000 uh, capacity crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or whether it be no one there, someone probably still get that, that goosebumps because, or rather those goosebumps because when that music hits and they go through those curtains, you know, some of them just flip that switch and it's like almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing. Right, right. So, I I more lean towards them being a little less nervous with the crowd being gone right now, and then plus, so even though they've gone back to taping for some of those shows, some of them are still airing live. Like I think every other episode is a live one, if I'm not mistaken. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know AEW recorded uh, two episodes. Uh, in Jacksonville, I want to say two weeks. So they did two work, two weeks worth of episodes, and then on the last Wednesday they were live because uh, Jr. Uh, for about a minute uh, he basically gave condolences to about Shaq Gaspar. Okay, yeah. how great of a guy he was, basically. So, yeah. um, yeah, but how about NXT? Uh, some highlights for me, at least for NXT. Was that promo with Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross? Just him approaching him to let him know, like, yeah, I, I see you. You know, I, I view you as a special talent in a room or a locker room full of special talents. You know, you stand out type thing. Six foot four, 250 pounds. Excuse me. Um, 
but I'm ready basically to take that challenge on is what you're saying. Um, so they're supposed to match up that takeover in your house. Uh, another thing that kind of excited me, I thought this was going to be safe for takeover, but Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle are supposed to have a tap out and knockout match, but that's going to be inside of a cage. So I was like, oh, that's for sure going to be on takeover. Next thing I know, they said it's next Wednesday. So I was yeah. like, all right, that's a little puzzling, but definitely excited for that. Um, any highlights for you for NXT? Um, well, before I give a highlight, I, I want to respond to that as far as Thatcher and Riddle being actually on television as opposed to being on the pay-per-view. And I think this is just WWE's way of responding to the ratings war, the ratings battle, whatever you want to call it, with AEW, how AEW's basically had a stranglehold on uh, the number one spot in terms of the Wednesday Night War right? Uh, with NXT, you know, Sands that one time, I believe, and that was a pretty loaded NXT that night that they did actually win the ratings war that night. I can't remember. Yeah, what I, what I, I think they won two weeks in a row and then one week uh, before the pandemic. So it was one week before the pandemic, and then it was like two weeks in a row, I believe, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. So I think it's just been three weeks at most, if I'm not okay. mistaken, where they've had the larger uh, viewership. Yeah. But, um, so I, I, I think they're, they're getting to that point now where they're saying, Hey, let's, and then especially, and it hasn't really happened just yet as far as other talent appearing on NXT, mm-hmm. but you got that, that basically that, that free, I, I, I what are they, what are they calling that rule now where basically some, a star from another show can appear on the, on the other shows. I know Charlotte's already done it twice. So I, does that use that? <laughs> That's only like Charlotte's the MVP of that. <laughs> well, no. she's already, uh, you know, they're, they're they're gassing up their private jet to, to send her to all the shows, right? And it's funny that you said that too, because I didn't realize that uh, apparently, well, I don't know if this is a legit site or not. Some site I was like, well, because a lot of them relocated to Florida, no matter where they were from. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, they, they have to be getting her on the plane because I believe she still is in North Carolina. So, oh, okay, so see, yeah, so, yeah. so they're definitely getting her on a jet. They definitely because I'm I was looking the other other week like I know for sure last week they did it. Charlotte was on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Like she had a match on one on two of them, and she just appeared on uh, SmackDown. Right. But then you know follow up to this week, she had the match on uh, Raw. She interfered on NXT, which is probably one of my standouts. The uh, EO versus uh, Rhea Ripley match, and um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the Thatcher Riddle match as well. And I, I this dude, man, uh, let me let me get his name right. Uh, Dexter, Dexter Loomis. Loomis. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I I like this dude. Like, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I like him. I was I, I really enjoyed his match with Roger Strong too. Like, they had a super solid match. And um, this pairing, you know, uh, if you watched it. You know, uh, Dream ended up coming out last uh, that night to help him. Uh, Undisputed Era came out. Um, Dexter attacked Roderick after the match. He put him in that, uh, what is it, that move called? The submission type of move or something after the match? Like, Roderick no, had It's won. almost like a sit-down triangle choke in a sense. Yeah. And he wouldn't let it go. And I was just kind of like, this dude, like, first off, 
his music reminds me of the Stranger Things intro music. <laughs> Maybe that's being done intentionally, too. Yeah, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, this reminds me of this music from this super-duper popular show. Then he has, like, Kane and Goldust vibes, if you could even roll those two up. And and I guess you would end up with a Dexter Loomis. But he, he, he reacts to certain things, and he doesn't react. Uh, or he... Like, uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Did Roderick like chopped him or something? And he oh, just he started, started rubbing, like, his, rubbing chest. his chest. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, I don't know why, but I'm digging this this dude right now. Like this gimmick, like pause. Like, <laughs> but um, outside of that though, um, yeah, I really like that. I even liked um, what's my man name? He did his Cameron Grimes. I even liked his his uh promo. It was it was hilarious to me. You know, because I was wondering if they were going to do that, where it's like, yeah, I beat, I beat arguably the best NXT champion ever, you know, in my match the other night. So I'm looking for Finn to get some payback on that, too. Not just on Damian Priest, but on Cameron Grimes as well. Yeah, no, it was, it was just surprising that they actually had Finn get pinned. Like, it was through interference, obviously. The guy had whacked to the back of the leg yeah. with a nightstick, so... Which led to the uh, loss, but it still was kind of a little surprising to actually see them go through with the pin for a loss for Finn. Because I'm trying to think, has he, uh, outside of Adam Cole, I don't know if anybody else has pinned him since they sent uh, Finn back to NXT. That may have been Finn's first loss. I know he got attacked by the guys from Imperial, but I don't think he lost that match. No, he still won that match. So, yeah, I think that was the second time Finn has been pinned in NXT since he's been back. Yeah, and the other time was Johnny Gargano coming back during that match and distracted him. So, Yeah. Speaking of Gargano, uh, I'm kind of excited, you know, for Mia Yim versus I don't I don't know if they're gonna do a mixed tag or they're just gonna do flat out Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae because that should be pretty good right there too. Um, but yeah, especially Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano. I figured they potentially have them go after the NXT North American Championship again just because um, I'm I'm thinking Abba Cole is shining that championship up nice for uh, Kieran Cross because the way they are booking this guy. Even though he's only been beating up on jobbers, they're starting him off with Tommaso Ciampa, who is, you know, he's as close as you're going to get to a universal baby face. At least in my opinion. Like, right now, like, okay, yeah, there's no crowd reaction. So, I was not, can't say right now, but as far mm-hmm. as before the pandemic, he's as close as you're going to get to where it's like, okay, there's like no one doing what he's saying type thing. Like, right. Keith, Keith Lee's up there, too. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say Champa gets a little bit more of an edge just because he's he, he just comes out aggressive on the mic and the ring. It's just it's another level. Um, yeah, that's about it, though. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I think uh, in terms of, uh, like you said, Universal Babyface, like, uh, probably one of the most uh, liked guys down there right now uh, is Tommaso. Um, man, I was wishing, I, I just was like, I was like, yeah, he's about to get the title. Cool. <laughs> and then Gargano uh, changed, uh, you know, attacked him with the belt. But uh, this view is going to be good, man. Um, like you said, though, with them starting him off right there, like you're 
you're basically putting him dead smack into the middle of that title picture. So yeah, upper mid card, basically, yeah. Yeah. So he he's starting from right there. So, um, and you know what? That might be the main event, depending on what they do with Cole and and Dream and Loomis and and, the, and uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Oh, not O'Reilly. Sorry, Fish and Strong because O'Reilly's in quarantine right now. Um, right. But no, it's. I'm trying to think. Unless they add a third person to do a six man, I'm trying to think. Or or do they just do a three on two handicap match? Which is kind of like one of those things where it's like, ah, do you really like that? Just because right. from a standpoint, it's like. I like to see the championships defended when the champion's actually on the card. You know? So maybe I'm just spitballing. Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe we get uh, Bobby Fish and Roger Strong versus Loomis and, and Velveteen. So maybe that's what it's going to be. I, I don't know. Maybe they find someone else for Cold a few with. I feel like we're going to get a three-on-two like handicap match, though. Unless, like I said, they have someone that's potentially going to be coming back to be added to that feud. Um, I, I, I can't see them just, you know, throwing Riddle in there because I, I feel like him and Thatcher, even if they, you know, maybe this is one of those things where we get three matches and maybe that's why I announced this one. It just seems like this is a takeover worthy type thing in terms yeah. of, in terms of an announcement. So it's not yeah. saying that we won't see that match at, at takeover in your house on June 7th, you know, still could get that's true. That's true. But I, I, I definitely think you're onto something there when you say, uh, because that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think they're kind of knocking Dream down a peg back into like a tag team capacity with Dexter possibly? And if they're doing that, then, okay, you can potentially move. Uh, 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 how do you say his? Uh, uh, Killian? Oh, Killian Cross. Yeah, he was Killian Cross. Cross. Yeah. So I, that way, in theory, okay, he would take his spot, and and that's how that would work itself out in terms of who's going after uh, the NXT championship. Um, because, like you said, with Thatcher and Riddle, I don't see that necessarily finishing with just a one match off, like a one off match. Like I think that feud's gonna gonna brew for a little bit, so we're gonna see that over the span of maybe the next couple of uh, weeks. Um, and then maybe you'll see um, uh, Riddle start to make his ascension towards, you know, uh, eyeing the NXT championship. But I think right now that's what they got in place for uh, Riddle. You know, for Finn, they got the Damian Priest angle and uh, Gargano with uh, Keith Lee. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. So that leaves uh, Tommaso and that leaves uh, uh, Karrion Cross for uh, Adam Cole. And that's that's either way. It's it's going to be real interesting if they do that as a triple threat. If they do it as a one on one, or you know, cross, you know, takes Tommaso out of the picture, quote unquote, so to speak. You could go straight full in into that. I don't know who you put with Cross to uh, equalize. I guess you know the rest of the guys from Undisputed Era that are there. But um, yeah, I, I could see that happening. I mean, the way they present him, though, does he need anybody? That's true. Plus, <laughs> That's true. Plus, I always go back to sometimes there's backwards booking at times because if you remember Johnny Gargano won the NXT Championship in that two out of three falls match and Undisputed mm-hmm. Era interfered. And then at TakeOver 25, Adam Cole wins the championship clean. No interference. So it's like, how do you book the heel to win clean, but you book him to lose when all of his stable mates help him? 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so SmackDown tonight, uh, big news on SmackDown. AJ Styles is back to the house that AJ Styles built. Um, officially back on SmackDown. So it wasn't just for this tournament. Uh, they said he's going to get traded there for wrestlers to be announced, whatever that means. Um, I, I, yeah, we know what that means, but it's like, who is anybody going to be worth talking about type thing that got traded? Who knows? Maybe the Usos. They could to make it seem like, okay, this isn't one of those things where it's like actual sports where the two guys that get traded or the guy that gets traded or even the gal that gets traded is irrelevant. Um, yeah. But yeah, he beat Shinsuke tonight in the tournament, so he's moving on to the semifinals to face Elias. Uh, that was one highlight. Uh, Charlotte and Bailey had an extended match. Bailey got the win by by hooker by crook, as they say. Uh, <laughs> grabbed the ropes in a roll up. Uh, any other things? Oh, John Morrison took a shot um, on the dirt sheet. Really? Yeah, he said, uh yeah, he was like, Yeah, Becky Lynch is pregnant. I don't I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to show my face either running around letting Seth Rollins get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, they went there and then they had some doll that was supposed to be Mandy Rose and they're talking about Braun Strowman. They were going on this tangent saying that like the Wyatt family, like Bray Wyatt chose puppets over Braun Strowman being in the, family, <laughs> in the Wyatt family, and they showed Mandy Rose's puppet. And she's like, Yeah, contrary to popular belief, Braun isn't the monster in all phases, or something. She said, I was like, Whoa, Miz, I was like, Whoa, Paul. Wow. So I was thinking to myself, She's like, Using a monster everywhere, if you know what I mean. Wow. Yeah, so they announced uh, Miz and Morrison in a handicap match for the Universal Championship at Backlash. Um, yeah, I I can't see them making Braun drop the title again in a handicap match. Like it protects them, but at the same time, it's like no. It... Yeah, no, uh, I, I I agree with you right there. Um, I I totally think that was Roman's belt uh, prior to. Uh, him not wanting to, uh, you know, or requesting time off rather um, during the COVID, um, you know, to be with family and due to his health, you know, health reasons. So I don't. This is another uh, person, you know, much like Drew. I don't see the belt coming off of him anytime soon. While you were talking about AJ, though, I did. I, I did just, you know, I said the Usos, but another name creeped into my head as I said that, and. Who other than your boy, King Corbin, to return back to Raw? It would make sense. Um, I don't know if they're going to leave AJ as a heel or he's going to be a tweener. He wasn't really acting heelish, but then he also faced a guy that was a heel. So, you know, when it was really, quote unquote, leading the match. Um, I will say one thing that I found funny. I kind of lost my train of thought there. I don't know why. (laughs) But, um, about SmackDown uh, for the Universal, at least on the Universal Championship, should I say, uh, back to Roman. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he's doing this COVID 
quarantine thing, but he also just got a, a tattoo recently. Really? So I'm like, yeah, it's not a good look, Roman. So, because somebody who did the work took a picture of it, I was like, yeah, because you know, if you're if you're that concerned, you know, your wife just had newborns. Are you? Why are you even? That's not you know a necessity. You'll get a tattoo. Right. Even if it means significance, I'm not saying that like, it doesn't mean anything. Because, you know, for all I know, he had something tattooed that meant something about his children. You know, it is what it is. But I just think that's kind of crazy how, you know, that's not really an essential thing to go get a tattoo. It isn't. It really isn't. No, I don't think wifey so. tatted him up, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, odd. Roman. But you know what? Yeah, it, we were saying. I was just saying it's a little odd. But you know what? At the same time, too, though, he hasn't come out and said it was like a new tattoo because it could have been somebody who, you know, who's looking for publicity. Who knows? Right, right. Could have been a tattoo he got done it. like a month ago, not a month, but two months yeah. ago. Before you know. Was, yeah, that's why I was going to ask. Was it like a picture of it out, or mm-hmm. was it just like news? News that broke. Okay. But like I said, you don't. You never know because, like I said, it could have been a couple months ago. For all I know. He didn't really make okay. the decision until about a week before WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. So, right, who knows? Uh, yeah. What did you think of uh, the Jeff Hardy Sheamus match for the uh, IC? You know, I didn't catch much of it. Uh, I'm not. I was. You know, no, I'm not surprised. Um, that could have gone either way. I was just in terms of who they wanted to match up with DB. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised though that Jeff Hardy went over, even though you're getting two baby faces against each other for one week. Um, just from the standpoint they did this whole comeback thing for Jeff Hardy. So I don't know if right. that's a signal that he's gonna win the the whole tournament and win the Intercontinental Championship. I know mm-hmm. I heard his match with Cesaro at least was pretty good. So what was your take on that match with Sheamus though? Uh, I didn't get to see it. Um, I, I actually I didn't even get to uh, see SmackDown tonight at all. So I'm just kind of going over the results I'm, I've uh, saw online. But um, I'm not surprised that they had uh, Jeff go over. But what I am surprised is is that um, I didn't see any news of him like attacking Hardy after the match or something. I was thinking this was going to be a feud that you know. Much like how we were talking about with Thatcher and Riddle, like I'm, I'm expecting that feud to be around for a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, he won with like a roll up or something, so it wasn't like a definitive win, and then like he escaped the ring type thing. Yeah. So, it wasn't one of those. So you could definitely still get that where he attacked because you know like they're not going to turn DB, like not this soon. Um. So like it'll probably be one of those things where he attack Jeff after the match, whenever the semifinals matches. I'm assuming it would be next week. Um, mm. But if they really want to bring it back to being a workhorse title, they could save the semifinals and the finals for Backlash. That's true. But uh, I was wondering if that was going to, that was where that was going to culminate toward the, uh, you know, the Backlash pay-per-view. Much like with the In Your House pay-per-view, is that uh, a Cruiserweight Championship going to... Uh, or is that ending on TV? Uh, the interim tournament, I know, I want to say, is it Group A that has three people? I think they're going to end up having to do a triple threat now because they got three people that are two and one. Yeah, I think it's Atlas, uh, Maverick, and Kushida. Uh, Kushida okay. Yeah, um, yeah, it's weird. That, 
I don't know how Tozawa got eliminated though. If they're if he's still two and one, that's weird. I would think yeah. that that would just mean one more match against uh, El Iho de Fantasma, but I don't know. <laughs> but um, any other highlights? Uh, outside of that, man, uh, no, I think we covered uh, the weekend uh, WWE. All right. All right, we're going to move into the 2020 Double or Nothing pay-per-view preview. Uh, nine matches on their card so far. I think they're going to end with nine. I would hope so. It's just because it's one of those things where it's like you don't want too, ma- too many matches on the card just because you want to give each talent enough time to sell the story. Uh, first ever TNT champion is going to be crowned Cody versus Lance Archer. This feud has gotten extremely personal. Uh, Jake Roberts with just the ultimate disrespect. Uh, Britt Baker DDT'd. I don't know if you saw this. She DDT'd Brandy after uh, QT Marshall's match against Lance Archer, I think it was the last week. Uh, no, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and then Jake Roberts brought out Old Faithful, one of his, you know, whatever snake number this is. <laughs> um, he threw the snake on top of her, and the snake's just crawling, and, and you get the symbolism, basically. Yeah. Um, the snake went straight for the thighs, man. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So Cody came back, fired up the next week, which was the last week's episode. Fist taped, him and Archer are brawling. Uh, Jake just tries to calm Lance Archer down. He retreats. Uh, yeah, this is this is getting personal. You know, Lance Archer was banging Dustin's head on the mat about three weeks ago, I think that was during the TNT semifinals match, uh, TNT tournament mm-hmm. semifinals match. Uh, Cody didn't want to throw in the towel. He basically, you know, wanted his brother to be his own man. Uh, I personally, I know they said, you know, Cody's not supposed to be able to compete for the AEW championship ever again because that was the little caveat he put in there against Jericho last year. Um, but at the same time, do you really bring in some guy as a killer, call him the murder hawk, and do you really have him lose in this big match? I don't see it. I'm not saying it won't. It's like impossible for Cody to win. And it could be your theory, though, when somebody looks too strong going in, you know, <laughs> possibly they lose. But I think I'm going to go with Lance Archer here. How about you? Um, I, I, I really agree with what you said. Um, You know, you don't have this guy. You've built him, you know, his build, you know, uh, throughout this feud, throughout this tournament for this title. Um, Lance Archer's looked great. Um you know, plus the pairing with uh, Jake the Snake, ah, man, it's it's uh, for this to culminate and him not get the championship would be a disservice to this entire storyline. Uh, but at the same time, though, just to play devil's advocate, how how much is Cody gonna lose? Like, or is just Cody just cool with being the lovable loser of AEW? Like. You know, at some point, like you guys are called the elite. Like I, yeah. you know, I, I'd expect a couple more W's out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can't be the American nightmare and you're losing. Like no. Yeah, you know what's funny too, though. Um, exactly as far as him losing the big matches, you, you're you're spot on with that. And, and it's funny because he's still number one ranked because since they do the ranking system in terms of singles competitor, he's the number one ranked singles competitor in terms of who should be a number one contender, but he can't even compete for the AEW World Championship because of that stipulation last year that I already mentioned earlier. 
So yeah. um, you're, you're spot on with that, though. Um, at some point. But you know what? This could be the trigger that turns Cody because, like I said, I foresee in the future him just saying, I can do what I want. I'm an executive. I can challenge for the AEW championship because I said so type thing. They, they're yeah, definitely and I, up I, for I, that. Yeah, I totally, I totally see that happening, uh, if not sooner than later. It's about that time for him to just go in and say, you know, just talk your shit. Like, hey, I built this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just, I, I think I said uh, a couple of weeks ago we were on here recording. I think I said, you know, his Triple H moment where it's just basically, you know, I I can do what the hell I want to do. Exactly. This is my show, you know. So I don't know. I mean, if he loses, let's just roll with him losing, mm-hmm. right? If he loses, I think from there, that's where the turn happens, where he just kind of snaps. And now, instead of, you know, uh, playing to the fans and trying to be this this great guy and, you know, this great role model, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, you know what I mean, the space he's in right now, where he just – you know, goes into full-blown heel mode and, you know, makes a bum rush for uh, the AEW championship. So if this could play out either two ways. He either goes and bees the workhorse for that championship, which will be basically their mid-card title, mm-hmm. um, or he flips out and we see him, you know, turn heel and – you know, go after the big dog. Title. Oh man, so gonna it, it's gonna play out one of those. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the writing's there for that. You know, you got arm right there. You know what I mean? So he can just something can just snap and he attacks arm for no reason, <laughs> and story writes itself. Absolutely. So. Another match on the card is MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yes. Every, ladies and gentlemen, he is better than you, and you know it, apparently. Uh, he's facing off against Jungle Boy, Lou Perry's son. Uh, this could be a pretty good match. Uh, two of the younger talents in AEW, somebody suggested they could have had a 25 and under championship, and both of them would definitely be competing for it. MJF is only 24. I believe Jungle Boy is about 22. Um, potential show-stealing match, actually. Uh, I, don't, I don't see them making MJF lose quite yet. Um he actually has not been pinned in AEW. His only loss was in a fatal four-way that he didn't get pinned. Um, I think he's – so although he's 8-1, and one, you know, you could look at it as 8-0 in a sense. Like, yeah, you know, since he didn't get pinned. Uh, I don't right. think they'll have him lose his first match against Jungle Boy. Not that Jungle Boy is not believable. He's – from what I've seen of him, from a little bit I've seen of him, he's honestly – pretty smooth himself as far as his athleticism and everything is concerned. Um, it's just, I don't think MJF is, I think they're positioning him for bigger things. So it's like, I don't, I don't think he'll lose right now. Or if he does, maybe they'll do something, you know, heinous after the match type thing. Type thing. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely, if it, if it does lead to a loss uh, and a W for Jungle Boy, it'll definitely be some type of attack after match or some type of it'll be building up to something for sure um you know while we were just talking about cody i was thinking about mjf and possibly like i know they were saying oh they're so close a couple months ago and then that led into their feud but you know who knows you know cody and him might you know join forces again you know in a heel capacity and go after the tag team championships or something you know you 
there's, you know, with the storylines that are in place right now, it just leads for, you know, one of two scenarios. You're either going to go in door A or you're going to go in door B. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it, that's the good thing. Like, you know, it's two options, but you that, that you're going to enjoy, but it's either going to be one or the other. So, um, yeah, because they kind of got with, uh, their whole HBK and Diesel thing with him and Warlow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I agree with you on that, and I am definitely going to go with uh, MJF for the W. Um, at double. All right. Uh, unfortunately, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, suffered an injury because it was a ridiculous spot. That was, some people were saying it was unnecessary where uh, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida um, tossed Nyla Rose into the corner, and she landed underneath. So I was like, ugh. Yeah, that was bad just because you could tell they were grooming Britt to be – like the face of that division type thing eventually. So I don't know how yeah. serious the injury is going to be, but her replacement is going to be Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. Uh, Statlander is second in the women's rankings right now. So you, you we're going to get two versus three because Britt Baker is third in their rankings initially. Uh, I'm going to go with Statlander here just because uh, although we have seen Penelope Ford's fiance, Kip Sabian, have no problem interfering in the match, and they're, they're a little bit edgier where you'll see – people taking risks where guys are, you know, potentially getting physical with the women in AEW, unlike other promotions. Well, no, Lucha Underground's done inter-dinner matches and things like that, obviously. Um, Yeah. So you could potentially see some interference from Kip Sabian. uh, But at the same time, I think you don't want to make the number two ranked woman right now take take, take an L, basically, and a big type type match because uh, Penelope, although she could slide into Britt Baker's position in terms of, you know, that heel who comes off as obnoxious type thing, um, they might not mm-hmm. want to, like I said, have some, you might want to have someone who's believable against Nyla Rose too, because Chris Statlander is one of the few women in that division who looks like she can match up well against her power wise against Nyla Rose. So I think I'm going to go with Statlander here. Okay. Uh, on this one, I think just because of what you said there with her husband, Kip Sabian, being there at ringside, mm-hmm. that just, you know, and, you know, arguably, you know, your best heel, your best talker in the in the women's division in Britt Baker going down with this knee injury. I just saw a picture of the injury. It looked pretty bad. I uh, don't know how long she's going to be out with that. You know, that knee injury stuff is tricky. Um, you're going to need someone to slide into that position, not exactly take over, you know, the spot, mm-hmm. but be able, you know, somebody that's capable, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? To kind of draw the same type of heat, uh, the same type of reactions, you know, that, uh, Britt was doing in this time that she's going to be away. And, um, in a match against the, uh, number two ranked, uh, woman, you know, for the women's championship, you know, uh, I think that's the way you go with that. And you have to, unfortunately, give Penelope the W and you have Chris take the L just so you can start the building process, you know, of uh, not necessarily replacing Brit, but you're replacing Right. Brit. I see what you mean. Plus, then there's also the possibility they have an alliance with Jimmy Havoc, too, who's another English wrestler they have on the roster. So that's uh, Kip Sabian's tag team partner. So. Because he's not in the yeah, casino so, ba- uh, ladder match, so he could potentially be the one that interferes even to Kip Sabian. Because I don't know, you know, the placement of the actual matches until they actually happen. I think only one match has been, quote-unquote, 
determined to be in a specific spot, and I believe that's the AEW World Championship. I believe they already said it's supposed to be the main event. So, um, okay. but speaking of that casino ladder match, it's Darby Allen versus Cole Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. I I don't roll my R's like uh, Justin Roberts and Dasha Gonzalez do it. So you know, sorry, sorry, Ray uh, Scorpio <laughs> Sky. Kip Sabian, uh, already mentioned earlier. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and Bacon. No, that's not Bacon. It's to be announced. Uh, <laughs> but uh, who do you got in this ladder match? Oh, I should say the winner of this ladder match gets a future AEW World Championship title match. Ah, man. Uh, there's several names that stand out to me right now. That mystery being there, that dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot, is just kind of like, ah. <laughs> That leads you to, you know, wondering how that's going to go. But from the people that we do know are involved in in the match, uh, I like Orange Cassidy for this. I like Scorpio Sky for this. And I like uh, uh, Luchasaurus for this as well. Um, Man, so this is kind of tough. I know Scorpio's had an opportunity. He's had a a championship match already. So with that being said, I am going to go with Mr. Orange Cassidy. Hey man, you know what? The dude, the dude's entertaining. I didn't get the gimmick at first. I saw his match last night against, or two nights ago against Ray Phoenix, and man, I was like, okay, this this guy actually can wrestle. It's not so. It's just like it's enjoyable. I mean, he's drawing ratings. Uh, he's been in some of the highest segments in terms of ratings over this last X amount of, I think, about the last month or so. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm leaning towards Ray Phoenix or the Mystery Man. Uh, Ray Phoenix just because it presents an interesting dynamic with John Moxley potentially. You got like the best high flyer, arguably in wrestling, or well, at least in AEW, because a lot of people probably say Will Ospreay in New Japan is probably like the best high flyer. But in terms of smoothness and high flying, yeah, against the best brawler, arguably, you know, that's that's a whole different dynamic right there in itself uh, to yeah. see potential stuff that him and Mox can do together. I was worried about Ray Phoenix too though, because two nights ago he took a bad bump. Uh he did like a, a he bounced off the ropes and did like a corkscrew flip and then they didn't catch him on the dive correctly and he hit his shoulders like he almost hit his head on the ring apron. He, he luck yeah, Damn. luckily he missed it, but he he splatted and hit his shoulder on the mat. Um so I don't know what why they didn't, or if he just didn't time his actual spacing in between on that move, but I heard he's still good to go. Now, the mm. one thing with this ladder match, unlike other ladder matches, is guys are going to come in through in intervals. So they said, basically, whoever gets that contract, I'm assuming it's going to be a contract hanging above, not a briefcase, you know. <laughs> uh, just because they want to, you know, they want to probably kind of be somewhat original. Um well, any, no ideas originally. But you know, they they they, they used to have the briefcase on impact yeah. too. So oh, feast on, those, fighters, on those poles. Feast are, okay. Yeah. But the thing with this ladder match is they said basically I think people are gonna be coming in in intervals. So I don't know if it's every mm-hmm. minute and a half or what. I I don't have that down. Um but I do know that the winner can happen potentially before all nine competitors are in, involved in the actual match. So that's something new. Yeah. Okay, so I, I got it right here. They said a new competitor will enter every okay, 90 that's seconds. What I, I said 90 minutes before. 90 minutes. That'd be hard. 90 seconds. <laughs> it's almost like the rumble in a sense. 
Yeah. Oh, and you know, we we definitely didn't pick this guy, but you definitely can't sleep on Darby Allen. Like, you know, he's one of those guys. He's uh, he, he could be a favorite for that uh, that type of a look. Yeah. Well. No, they've definitely positioned him in terms of the way he's been presented, and then some of the things he's done in those matches that he's been been uh, given opportunities to perform, and especially the matches against Cody. Um, even that match, the AEW World Championship against Jericho, in that spot where um, he had his, you know, his handcuff, and he's sitting up here still dodging attacks, <laughs> and uh, still able to attack Jericho with both of his, you know, being while being handcuffed. So, right, you know, he he's definitely like there's no clear cut favorite I say in this because the only reason I won't pick Luchasaurus as much as he impresses me is because they've been hitting at him in Warlow. Uh, potentially feuding because Warlow keeps attacking Marco, little Marco stunt. <laughs> and so, you know, Jurassic mm-hmm. Express, obviously he's going to be looking for revenge on that. You know, and they, they, right. they've definitely been hinting at that. Um, but, I mean, hell, who, who knows though? You they, they said a mystery, man, depending on how early in the show, it might be MJF. He might just come out, you know, a Brock Lesnar type moment where like everyone's yeah. down. Only gonna be a Brock Lesnar moment if everyone's down because Ali was about to grab that briefcase last year and, and money in the bank in WWE. So it could be one of those things where maybe everybody's down type thing and he's the ninth guy at that last 90 second interval. Maybe he just comes right in. And, and what better way to get heat, too? Like, this dude didn't do anything. Exactly. So, exactly. Was... Or it could be uh, recently, uh, you know, recent free agent, uh, Drew Gulak. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> You never know because he his his contract just literally expired. He didn't have to wait out the ninety day uh, no compete clause. His contract just expired, and they uh, it was they were negotiating at the time. I haven't heard anything about him resigning yet as of right. today. So it could be a former dude, guys, because like all those NX, all those people that got released under the NXT contracts were free to sign with another company starting last Friday. So. So it could be that it, you know, it could be that we just gotta wait and see. But yeah, you know. So, uh, we also got. Let's see, we got a uh, private party versus best friends. Yeah, no, oh, this, this should be exciting. Uh, best friends are definitely like one of the more over acts they have down there. You know, Orange Cassidy's in the group too with Chucky e. D and, and Trent. Um, but no, private party. Uh, They've definitely done some things that have caught my attention the few times that I've seen them, especially like that Horkarana into the arcade or Diamond Cutter, since that's the original name of it, I guess you want to call it. Um, <laughs> based on the way they've been presented lately on TV, Best Friends has kind of been on a roll. I'll pick them simply because of that, just because as much as I like Private Party, they haven't really presented them enough to come up with this win. I'm, I think this might be a number one contendership match for AEW Tag Titles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'll go with best friends, and I'm calling after the match. You talk about people that are free agents. You know what we're about to see. We're gonna see the revolt. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm ah. attacking best friends after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now that you said it that way, it makes perfect sense for the best friends. Ah, excuse me, best friends to get the W, so you can see the revolt come out and attack. Would be the perfect uh, opportunity, perfect timing, uh, you know, to do it at a uh, pay-per-view event. 
So, man, wow, that makes so much sense. At the same time, private party to my guys, man. I just, <laughs> so it's hard for me to bet against those dudes, man. I really like they 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 in-ring ke- uh, chemistry. And, uh, you know, those guys are very, very, very athletic. Um, if Dream had, Velveteen Dream, that is, had a stable, those would be the two guys I would put with him. Um, so yeah, just to just to you know tip you know keep it balanced. I'm gonna go with a private okay. party. But what you said makes complete sense, you know. And and even if it was private party, you know, uh, the revolt could still come out and attack them too. It's just a way to you know basically stake your you know stake your claim in the tag team yeah, division. There. Sure, you know it too though. Um... I was just also thinking of it from a standpoint that they could be pushing the same gimmick that they were pushing in WWE, though, where, like, they don't like teams that kind of embarrass the division because best friends, they get the gimmick itself, like, you stop in the middle of a wrestling match and give a hug. <laughs> that right, could be right. a motivating thing to have them attack them type thing. That's I true. mean, but I wouldn't be mad at it. Like, I like private party, though. I just... I'm I'm just looking based on well, you know they said you, you never know there's no locks outside of you know maybe switching companies Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet I didn't expect him to bury them but we, we knew Brock wasn't losing so very uh, true <laughs> we also got the natural Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears the chairman of AEW as he calls himself after that spot where they capitalized on uh, that botched chair that cracked Cody open. Um, yeah, it's one of those situations. It's like, okay, you you left WWE. You wanted to be high up on the car. I mean, he's been presented definitely in better light than he, even though he hasn't won when it matters. Uh, he's still been presented in different situations. Like, you never saw Ty Dillinger in the main event of any show. Unless it was NXT. Right. Um, so, uh, it's one of those things. Did he leave just to to, to be another an afterthought again, you know. Uh, I'll go with Sean Spears too. He's been talking his trash too, though. He's saying how bad of a brother Cody was for not throwing in the towel because he said he'd do anything because he has a younger brother. And basically, he's not going to sit there and watch somebody brutalize him if he has a chance to stop it. So there, there's a little motivating factor for that. But I think I'm going to go with Sean Spears. Uh, just simply, like I said, I you can't keep having guys go to other promotions and then still not capitalizing on opportunities type thing. Definitely agree with you there. And I am also going to pick Sean Spears for this match. Um, You know, this is a loaded card, but this match, this pairing definitely has the makings of a scene stiller. Like, you know, it could be end up being a match of the night type of thing. Uh, Dustin's been putting on some great matches, you know what I mean? Since he's come over there, he's retired the gold dust gimmick, you know, and he's, he's just been on the tear. Uh, so those two guys, and like you said, you just can't can't continue to have Sean Spears just, you know, kind of in mediocre, uh, Mm -hmm. purgatory. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go with you on that as well with uh, Sean Spears. All right, we got next up the native beast, Nyla Rose versus Ugato Shida. No disqualification, no count out for the AEW Women's World Championship. Now, for me, uh, this kind of changed my pick 
the injury to Britt Baker, should I say? Because I was expecting them to groom her to be, you know, the next women's champion against the next, you know, whoever the baby face was that took the title off Nyla Rose. And they were kind of setting up Nyla Rose to drop it and protect her at the same time. Because like we were saying earlier, outside of Chris Statlander, there's no one in the women's division who looks like a believable threat to her without a gimmick match being uh, in there with them. The, with a gimmick match, gimmick match stipulation, should I say. Um, and this is why I felt like, okay, maybe they're potentially setting this up because God Oshido has also been the number one ranked contender for like, I believe, 10 straight weeks or something. So wow. I was th- thinking, okay, maybe they're setting her up potentially to take the strap out. And they still could. And maybe I'm just overthinking it because I was going to pick Ugaroshida before I heard about Britt Baker's injury because I thought maybe that was going to be her next feud after Nyla Rose got the rematch because there was, you know, a backstory there. Mm-hmm. Gosh, she had busted Britt Baker open with that knee strike um, and broke her nose. Uh, but uh, this is tough because I was going to say, because if, if if Rose goes over, you got to go back to Chris Statlander, like I said, who's number two. I don't know. I, I believe they already had a match. That's not like you can't revisit it, obviously. Um, because, you know, if Statlander wins and Sheeta loses, obviously you would think that they go from one to two. They flip-flop. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on, you know, whatever type of match happens. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'll stick with my pick. I'm picking Sheeta. All right. Uh, Sheeta was very impressive. I remember when she won, uh, in that four way, that was basically my introduction to her. Um, a lot of these people that are, um, on the AEW roster that are non WWE people, this was kind of like my introduction to them, even though, you know, I've, I've heard yeah. about them, uh, you know, being on the Indies and, you know, ring of honor, things of that sort. Um, but being that Nyla Rose has been on a tear, uh, and just to, you know, again, you know, pick the opposite. I'm going to go with her um, just in the event that, like, when we were making our picks about the, uh, what was that match, Chris mm-hmm. Statlander, you know, just in case she does secure the W, um, you know, you have your your face right there, you know, to be the next up to challenge Nyla. You got your monster right there already. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to change too much if if it goes in that direction. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Nyla. Yeah. You know what? Based on me picking Statlander, I, I probably should switch one of those just because whoever loses or whoever wins that match is probably going to be the next challenger. So either I change that or I, you know what? Screw it. I'm flip-flop. I'm going to go with Rose too. Sorry, you know. <laughs> Sorry for all our listeners out there. I just realized, like, well, are they gonna? I mean, you could always turn Statlander, but just with her gimmick, it's like it's supposed to be like an alien gimmick. You really want to turn her, unless they got something else lined up for her, because that could that could have changed that too right. far. We know, so you know, maybe they do change, you know, turn Statlander, but it's just they need to have too many heels in the women's division in comparison, because because they haven't shown Rio in a while. I don't know if she's injured or or if they're just using her in dark. Um, so, right, you got the inner circle, or Matt Hardy in the and and uh, versus Matt Hardy in the elite. Should I say in a stadium stampede match? Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the elite here, simply because it seems like the inner circle keeps getting the best of them when it matters. Like Jericho, 
won the AEW World Championship, or rather, going back even further, the first Double or Nothing last year in May, he went over Omega. Then he went over Hangman for the championship. He retained the championship versus Cody. You, can, you, know, you see this trend here. It's like, all right, you know, it's like they keep getting the best of the elite. Uh, I believe uh, Proud and uh, proud and powerful, uh, Santana and Ortiz. I believe they went over the Young Bucks on pay per view, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay, they so did. Like, it seems like the inner circle keeps getting the best of the elite, and, and like I get the baby faces are supposed to be chasing, but um, I, I think it's like okay, they bat my hardy in to make this impact. Uh, that that street fight they had was pretty entertaining with uh, Matt Hardy and, and Kenny Omega versus Lay Sex God, as they call themselves, <laughs> Jericho and uh, <laughs> Sammy Guevara. But I, I think I'm gonna go with the elite here, just because, like I said, in the circle has been getting the best of them, um, and this is like a make or break match for them at this point. Like, you know, they they went out, they ventured out, uh, wanted to be in their own company, be their own men. But it's like, all right, well, you know. If you do this and you keep losing, at one point do they snap? You know, I think they're going to be leading towards a breakup at some point. Uh, I just won't be tomorrow night as far as I see it, just because like they handed that hangman doing that buckshot Larry down Kenny Omega because he looked like he was about to hop over the ropes and do that, but then like he just you know held the ropes open down for him type thing. So, but I think that turn will happen a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there with you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm picking Matt Hardy and the Elite uh, to win this. Uh, Inner Circle has definitely gotten the best of Matt Hardy and the Elite leading up to this. Uh, been very, very, very entertaining. You know what I mean? And this is also Matt's first, uh, you know, pay-per-view since signing with AEW. So that being said, I think, uh, you know, it only makes sense for you know, these guys to get a W after, you know, going through all of the trials and tribulations they've gone through, you know, via the inner circle over the past couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, I'm there with you. I'm going with uh, Madden the Elite. Sure. All right. Main event time. I believe that this should be the last match on the card. John Moxley versus Brody Lee. Who do you got? Oh, man. Uh, this is... You know, <laughs> I have to I have to say this before I make a pick. Like sometimes I hate the timing of certain <laughs> feuds. <laughs> like uh, you know, Brody Lee came there, he's made a splash since uh signing over there at AEW, debuting on television. Um, I like him as the leader of um uh shit, the Dark Order and just his his promos, just how he's been trashing Vince <laughs> has been outstanding. Um, but, you know, at the same time, Moxley is a fighting champ. He's a believable champ. Uh, you know, in a weird, twisted way, he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of the Daniel Bryan of AEW, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Um, in terms of just having a, a point to prove, um, during his run in WWE, I, you know, though he did get championships, he had title reigns. He never got, at least to me, the respect that say Seth yeah, or Roman got. For sure. You know, in 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 that space, 
And, you know, here at AEW, he's been able to thrive. He's been able to prosper, uh, uh, presenting himself in the capacity that he wants to. And uh, he's been entertaining, man. Um, so this is pretty tough for me. Both of these guys, you know, you, you know, they're both the ex-WWE guys, uh, two guys we, we, we all like, you know. Um, but for this particular match, I am going to stick with Moxley and say Moxley for the W. He retains at double or nothing. Uh, yeah, people are going to be thinking, well, you didn't agree on everything. I know we picked three or four different picks so far because this one we're definitely agreeing on only because they they got so many other potential challengers for Moxley right now, which is a good thing because, um, like I said, MJF hasn't been pinned. Uh, I don't think Lance Archer goes after and tries to be a double champion if he does in fact, beat Cody because he's undefeated. Brody Lee's undefeated. So you got a lot of different people gunning for him. Um, when Moxley does finally drop the title, I think they, I think MJF is the one that takes it off of him. Uh, so that, therefore, I guess I'm picking Moxley is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, it's good that, you know, Brody Lee left. Once again, another situation, like, even better for than it is for Sean Spears. You never saw uh, Luke Harper in a main event of a singles match. In, of a pay-per-view, let alone competing yeah. for in a singles yeah. match for a champion, a world championship. I don't even think he ever got a world championship match, like even a multi-man match, if I'm not mistaken. Because, you know, some of these guys out here, you know, who are underutilized, like a Cesaro, like a Sami Zayn, they might have been in a Money in a Bank match for a championship, if I'm not mistaken. Because, you know, the year that Daniel Bryan had to, to, to relinquish the championship, I believe, Cesaro was in that match instead of for being for the briefcase. Well, he did actually have one for the briefcase, but the other match was for the the, the world championship. So I don't even think, right. you know, as Luke Harper, I don't even believe he was in an elimination chamber match. Another example, you know, people who might not get singles matches, but they get world championship matches. Um, so even just that in itself is just speaks to how highly regarded he is in AEW as Brody Lee. Um, like you said, I really enjoy this gimmick. Um, Moxley's definitely being himself. This is like basically what we're getting the Moxley. The Moxley we're getting is basically the Ambrose we got uh, during that feud with Dolph Ziggler, that short-lived feud in 2016 where he was just on fire on those promos. It's like, this is the guy that Ambrose, or, you know, he should have been type thing. This is, you know, this is what yeah. we're seeing in AEW, but they should have let him kind of be that loose cannon where it's like he's not, you know, it's not defined what he really is. He just goes out and does what he wants. You and you can either like it or hate it, whatever. And he's just gonna you know, he comes in attacking the top baby face of the company, basically in a sense. And now, you know, he's you know, the top guy in the company. Like I said, he's, you can't really call him a baby face because baby faces don't, you know, shatter someone's arm as he did this two nights ago to one of the Dark Water members. I believe it was ten since they all have numbers. Um, yeah. He asked, bro, he leaves that your special boy. Are you going to save him? <laughs> he just goes in and cracks <laughs> his arm. You know, all while being inspired by MJ. You know, he had the he had the hoop earring in there. <laughs> last, the last day. No. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, I, I'm definitely, I, I got to pick Moxley. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they brought Lee one. Uh, because, you know, they, he's made such a splash with this gimmick. And 
he's not a spring chicken, so to speak. You know, Moxley's around mid-30s. Bro, he's actually probably in his upper 30s now, which doesn't mean his career is winding down by any stretch of imagination. But, you know, I, I guess there's other possibilities for him, though, because, you know, uh, if Cody, in fact, does win, you could always have him seek after the TNT tournament or the TNT championship, should I say. There's a lot, of, a lot of different um, possibilities. Right. You could see the Dark Order go after the tag titles with using the Freebird rule because uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, I believe, are number one ranked in the tag team division for contenders. It's just, I believe they both are, I don't know where they live. I want to say in Canada. And they're part of the travel ban. That's why you haven't seen the, the basically the enforcers or the second and third in command, so to speak, of the Dark Order. So that's why you haven't seen them. So it's one of those situations where you still do have possibilities, you know, because maybe, like I said, maybe they take the tax titles off of uh, Hangman and, and Kenny Omega, and maybe Brody Lee is the one that's in the match when they actually win the strap. So, very true, very true. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, man, that's another another episode in the books, man. Uh, before we get this thing on out of here, I want to tell you guys to uh, follow the Hot Take Wrestling Podcast on Instagram at Hot Take Wrestling. Uh, follow us on Twitter at um, Wrestling Take. And you can follow uh, the actual podcast. We are on several different digital streaming platforms, but we're on the main one, so... All you got to do is go check out SoundCloud, check on Spotify, check on Anchor FM and uh, Stitcher Radio, and just search Hot Take Wrestling Podcast, and you'll be able to find us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there, okay? Uh, KG, tell the people where they can find you. You can at find these. me on Instagram at, at Hot Take Kenny. Once again, I do not have an ego. I already had that username before we decided to be a podcast. <laughs> All right. You can... Um, Follow me, Old Man Logan, on Instagram at Old Man Logan eighty three, and on Twitter at Legend Killer Zoe. You can follow our other co-hosts, uh, Joe Freeline, on Instagram at Joe Freeline with three eyes, and you can follow Will on Instagram at King in the Black Robe. And boom, there you got it. We have the Double or Nothing predictions episode slash. Uh, that money, money, yeah, yeah. Peace. Yo, 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 yo. Chad Gaspard and JTG, it's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. For listening to the Hot Take Wrestling Podcast. The Hot Take Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by the NMG Network, a division of NMG Enterprises, LLC.